Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Everybody loves Altoids, the little mints that come in tens. Well, once the mints are gone, you can do some really neat things with the leftover tens. People have made MP3 players, cameras, even stoves. Check out HowStuffWorks.com slash Tenovators to find out more. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck, Chuckers, Chucklehead, Chuck, 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 Chuck Bryant. You can just call me Kobayashi. No. Okay. Good. That was a great setup, Chuck. Let's talk about it. Competitive eating. Go. Wow. So you had something better than that planned out, didn't you? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Sorry, you talking about, like, oh, I'm all full. Nah. Well, I remember in high school, back when I was a younger man, mm-hmm. uh, there was this place. Do you remember Buffalo's, the, the chain? I don't think it's around anymore. I think I think they are. Buffalo's, the Wings Cafe or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, they used to have, like, a... a, like a ongoing um, Hall of Fame or whatever, Wall of Fame. It was a plaque with people's names on it. Sure. Who had, like, eaten X number of wings. Right, right. And I had a couple friends on there at the one by Sprayberry High School in how, Marietta, how Georgia. Uh, I think 50 or more got you on there. Did you go to Sprayberry? Yeah, I went to Sprayberry. Did not know that. Did you know anybody who went to Sprayberry besides Travis Tritt and <laughs> some guy who was on some reality show that I'm not <laughs> No, I did not realize that, that yeah. they went there. Yeah. I've got, let me see, I think I had a cup. Uh, Chris Kardaki went to my school. He was an NFL punter. And um, Where'd you go? I went to Reed Ann. Oh, over in uh, DeKalb. Yeah, yeah. Is it possible that I'm the most famous person that went to my high school? Holy cow, how cool would that be, Chuck? Weird. All right, well, Chuck, what's the most you've ever eaten? I have no idea. It, it had to be some, like... Uh, Chinese food buffet or something, I'll just say. Yeah, yeah, those things will kill you, especially yeah. the big ones. They have like seven buffets yeah. in one restaurant. Yeah. One of my friends had to be helped out. I had to help him out with Hippie another Rob? friend. Hippie Justin. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> close. Really? Wow, yeah, that was close. Uh, yeah, I, I don't do the buffet thing anymore. That's. I learned that from my dad, you know, how to master the buffet when I was very young. Mm-hmm. But to I've get since, your money's worth? Yeah, yeah. And I've since learned, you know, my dad was busy gorging himself. My mom was stuffing things in her purse. <laughs> so nice. This is like <laughs> how things were in the 70s when you went to a buffet. Yeah. Well, buffets have come a long way since then. They have. Uh, and why does anyone go to any cafeteria-style restaurant? Especially, there's usually yeah. a buffet across the street. It's like... All you can eat or very tiny portions for the same exact price. I'll tell you where I'm going, buddy. I'm going to the place where people with oxygen tanks and rascals who are sweating grease are coming out of the doors. That's where I'm going because that's where you're going to get your money's worth. Agreed. So buffets. We've both eaten too much at buffets. That's our setup, really? Yeah, but no more. Let's talk about competitive eating. There's nothing competitive about a buffet except vying for the white meat. Uh, Sure. That's the only competitive part. That's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there are people out there, as as you may have guessed by now, um, that eat competitively. A lot of people. You've got rugby. You have high-lie, poker, dolphin lassoing, mm-hmm. and competitive eating. Yeah. you have those, those are pretty much the top four or five sports. I don't remember how many I just said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. I can't think of any other sport that would that would top those. No. I would put high-lie in the first position, though. Would you really? Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess we should just go ahead and say that there is an actual federation called the International Federation of Competitive Eating, the uh, IFOCE. It's, it's since been retitled Major League Eating. Did you know that? 
their organization, really? I think they still go by uh, the uh, IFOCE, uh-huh. uh, but they also go by competi- uh, Major League Eating. Yeah, this sounds more official the other way. I like I like the first one more, too. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Did you know it was founded by Nathan's Hot Dogs Publicity Wing? It does not surprise me. I didn't know that, though. Yeah. The rumor has it that the Nathan's, uh, the famous Nathan's Hot Dog mm-hmm. stand in Coney Island started uh, competitive eating in 1916. Nice. With uh, four friends who sat down together and challenged each other to to out-eat hot dogs, uh, right. To and whoever ate the most was the better patriot. <laughs> so if you can eat more hot dogs, sir, you are a better patriot. Yeah, yeah. it was, uh, I think, 4th of July, right, that they did it? I think so. And then they, um, I think one of them ate like 13 hot dogs, and he was the better patriot. And since then, it's been a thing. Which is, it's peanuts. It's measly. Can I stop doing that accent now? No, I'd, I'd like you to continue for the rest of the podcast. Oh, God, wouldn't that be great? Uh, yeah. Are you going to? No. It sounds very Coney Island, Chuck. I appreciate that. Very Coney Island 1916. I mean, you right. nailed it. Um, so I think Nathan's continued this for all Fourth of July's after that, or probably the the vast majority. Probably not during World War Two. Nobody did anything during World War Two. The thing is, is people were still just kind of um, eating twelve, thirteen, sixteen hot dogs, right? Yeah, which is nothing compared to what they do now. Right, and there were there were other eating competitions. There was this one between a uh, a guy who played outfield, I think, for the Yankees, Ping Bodie. Okay. Never he was heard of an him. Italian American. Uh-huh. And uh in 1919, he engaged in a spaghetti eating contest with an ostrich. I challenge you, ostrich. Yep. <laughs> the but I think that's exactly how it went down, too. Right. And the ostrich just is like, "What's spaghetti?" The ostrich just ate whatever was placed <laughs> yeah, in front of it. Exactly. Uh, 11 bowls apparently. Really? Uh Ping Bodhi was declared the winner because apparently the ostrich either fainted or died on its 11th <laughs> bowl depending on who you ask. The proud tradition of the Yankees. Exactly. The yeah. dark side. And Ping just uh probably ate the 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 unconscious ostrich and smoked five cigars right afterwards. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? And then did uh, got in a drinking contest with Babe Ruth. Right. That's probably how that went down. Yeah. So uh, there's also pie eating contests, a staple of country fairs. Sure. County back, fairs. Yeah, back in the day, I think uh, they uh, in the article at least it said that that was more along the lines of, hey, let's like tie your hands behind your back, not necessarily see how many pies you can eat. It was a, a little more... Uh, I wouldn't say challenging, but I think the fun Grosser? of it. Yeah, more, more gross. I, I, Chuck, we have been organically and um, irresistibly led right back to Stand By Me. I knew you were going to say that. How could I not? Yeah, the great, great story that young Will Wheaton says about the uh, that he makes up as the young writer. Yeah. The pie-eating contest. Yep. Lard Right, wide load. Great scene. A fantastic scene. Um but yes, so that was a county fair pie eating contest. Uh-huh. It just kind of goes willy nilly all over the place. Anybody who wanted to get uh, fifty people or so to their um, store would sure. hold an eating contest. Well, in the nineties, as we were saying, I think nineteen ninety seven, um, George and Richard Shea, who I think may still run publicity for Nathan's Famous Hot Dogs, took this old concept and really drummed it up. To, they took it to the next level and then some. And they were answered. By some people who have dedicated their free time, at least, to competitive eating. Like, I don't know exactly how this symbiotic relationship came about, but these guys put the call out there, and some people answered it. What are they called, Chuck? Uh, Gurgitators? Gurgitators, that's right. Gross. 
It is it is gross because you slap re on there and you're talking about someone who pukes. Exactly. And we'll we'll get into the puke thing in a minute. I know. Just I to, can't wait. Just to warn people, it is it is coming. Yeah. Um. So since the since the late nineties, actually since the twenty uh, first century, because I think for a few years it took a few years to catch on, uh-huh. and people were still just really phoning it in, eating. 13, 15, 18 hot dogs. Right. Ho hum. And then, like, I think starting in about 2002, a little fella, I think 160 pounds out of Japan. Yeah, 160. Named Takeru Kobayashi, Mm -hmm. which is why you said call me Kobayashi. Sure. Not to be confused um, with the attorney in um, The Usual Suspects. Oh, was it? Okay. God, die hard. I'm an idiot. Die hard. Kobayashi, The Usual uh, Suspects, yeah. That's Nakatomi. Yeah, Nakatomi Tower is what I was thinking. Yeah. No, I'm talking Kobayashi and the yeah, yeah, usual yeah. suspect. I feel like a heel now. It's okay, Chuck. Because I'm movie guy. Do you want us to edit this part out? No. Okay. Thanks for leaving it in, Chuck. I'll be wrong. Um, so Takiro Kobayashi hits the scene. 160 pounds, shocking red hair. Uh, can eat 50, 60 hot dogs in like eight minutes. Ten minutes. So all of a sudden, all these guys who were, you know, just like, oh, check me out. I ate 18 hot dogs in 10 minutes. These they're they're weeping at home in their garages. Right. That's it. They're done. Uh-huh. They're over. Their careers are done. Kobayashi rocks the competitive eating world, and he attracts more and more people. Oh yeah, big time. He owned it for many years. He did, and actually lost only because of a jaw injury. Really? Yeah. We'll get to that in a few. Okay. Um, but so yeah, he's he's at the Nathan's Hot Dog Fourth of July Hot Dog Eating Contest, and that's the biggest one. There's all kinds of eating contests, which we'll get into that too. We keep teasing. <laughs> Are we ever going to? Yeah, we're not going to get around to any of this. No. <laughs> but the Nathan's Hot Dog Contest is is easily the most famous, and uh, I mean it's broadcast. It's like the World on, Series or the Super Bowl of it. Yeah, it's broadcast yeah. on ESPN. Right? Uh, have you actually actually watched it in full? I wish you wouldn't ask me that. Because I did a, a few years ago. I don't remember why I was in front of my television at the time, but I did. And uh, it was disgusting. It was really, really gross and yeah. hard to watch. You know, I've I've read, um, and actually I, I've got to source this openly and honestly. I read this on Cracked.com. Okay. But uh, there's this stuff called side food. It's uh-huh. the stuff that comes out the sides of the mouth that's <laughs> kind of half chewed, and oh man, I, I guess just through physics, you know, yeah, two, yeah, two two objects can't occupy the same space at the same time. <laughs> so I think the 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 rest of that law ends with so some of that stuff comes out of your mouth, yeah, kind of chewed up the sides of your mouth, I guess. Um, so yeah, I, I understand it is very gross. Yeah, I, I had a hard time watching it. Yeah. You didn't make it through the whole thing? No, I watched it because I wanted to see if uh, it was the big matchup between uh, Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut. Okay, so we've arrived at Joey Chestnut. Might as well was go ahead that? And bring that must have been 2007, buddy. I think it was the first year he won, which was 2007. That was the year that Kobayashi had a jaw injury that supposedly okay. healed. Um, and apparently during the competition, uh, Chestnut beat Kobayashi 66 to 63, and Kobayashi says, no, no, I had a jaw injury, and Chestnut says, eat it, buddy. I beat you, and I'm now the champion. And Kobayashi said, dunk it in some water, and I will eat it. Yeah. Because that is a technique that many competitive uh, eaters use. It is, and um, actually almost all of them. Ed Grabinowski, the grabster who the grabster. wrote this article, and actually for this article, uh, went to uh, an eating contest really? in Buffalo. Really? He, yeah, he describes it. Uh, clearly, you didn't read the last two pages. I didn't. Um, he describes this visit to it, and you know, several people are there. Sonia Thomas, the Black Widow. 100 pounds, dude. 100 pounds of Korean ancestry, ancestry fury. 
Can we just go ahead and mention a couple of records she holds? Yeah. Because she is littered over the uh, IFOCE record book. Sonia Thomas has eaten 35 bratwursts in 10 minutes. She's eaten 167 chicken wings in 32 minutes. She's eaten four pounds of fruitcake in 10 minutes. Can I say my favorite? Yeah. She's eaten 8.31 pounds of Armour Vienna sausage in 10 minutes. Wow. Wow. All right, and I'm going to go with this final one, unless you have one. She ate 44, 44 Maine lobsters, dude, in 12 minutes. <laughs> and that's the meat, obviously, only, which is, well, yeah. that was 11 pounds of meat. She, uh, also, you left out probably your most famous one. Which is that? So, have you seen Cool Hand Luke? Oh, yeah, sure, the eggs. You know the hard-boiled egg eating contest? Yeah, yeah. So, Cool Hand Luke tries to eat 50 I think so. in an hour? Uh-huh. She ate 65 hard-boiled eggs in... Six minutes, 40 wow. seconds. 100 pounds of woman. Yeah. Stuffing this food down her throat. Yeah. She eats um, once a day, one large meal a day, usually from a buffet. Sure. In the article, she's shown helping herself to some sushi. I saw that. Um, and uh, yeah, she's 100 pounds. She's She lives in Alexandria, Virginia, and she dominates. Right now, as of what's the date today, Chuck? The 31st of July? Sure. She is number six in the IFOCE rankings. I bet she's the top female, isn't she? Uh, yes. I imagine she, she destroys the female competition. Yeah. So good for her. Right. And again, like you said, she's 100 pounds. She's, it's awesome. And she goes by the Black Widow. So it doesn't get cooler than that, right? No, not any cooler. Um, we talked about Kobayashi, who, for, I think from like 2002 to 2007, held all the major records. Right. Uh, he just could not be stopped. Yeah. And so competitive eating, he's from Japan. The Japanese just dominated competitive eating. Yeah. Until 2007. Joey. And Joey Chestnut shows up. <laughs> Joey C. This guy has put the smack down on absolutely yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone. He holds some crazy, crazy records. Uh, he ate 103 Crystal Burgers, which for uh, our friends in the Northeast are the same thing as White Castle, pretty much. Yeah, sliders. Uh, and I don't know what they would be out west. Any clue? Or Jack in the Box, small and square? Uh, no. Yeah, okay. I don't remember... I don't actually remember ever seeing any little sliders out there. I'm sure they have them, though. Uh, if you go on to the IFOCE website and uh-huh. you click on Joey Chestnut. If you dare. Everything that comes up, he's just got this laundry list of right. records that he holds, right? He's a champion eater, for sure. And he has kicked Kobayashi's butt uh, in 07, 08, and then just a month, or like not even a month ago in 09. Yeah. And set a new that, world record. Right. That jaw injury... Um, Excuse only goes so far. Yeah. 68 hot dogs is what Joey Chestnut ate this year. And that's including buns. And let's talk about how some of these people do this. Yeah. Um, you talked about dunking in water. Yeah. Uh, almost everybody uses mostly water, but you're allowed to, with any dri- dip, uh, your food in it, a drink. I would use it, Guinness beer. It makes it, sh- you would get so full. So you <laughs> would puke okay. everywhere. <laughs> Um, Have a Roman incident? Is that what you mean? That's what the IFOCE calls it. That's right. Yeah, they call it a Roman incident if mm-hmm. you vomit. And I believe if you vomit on the table or on the food, then you're disqualified, you're disqualified correct? disqualified. But um, uh, apparently, from what I understand, if you puke uh, and it doesn't touch the table or whatever, um, you can proceed. I guess. But at the same time, like they probably count that as eaten. Uh, I think in 2002, Kobayashi... Um, had a little controversy yeah. where he vomited some up, and it was counted as eaten. He held most of it back, though, right? Yeah, he put his hand in it. See, that's what's so gross, man, is these guys and, and ladies are eating this stuff, and they're just stuffing it in their mouths, and you can see this, like, 
look on their face like they're going to die. And all of a sudden you see one of them like, yeah. and they put their hand over their mouth. And you know what's happening. Can I tell, can I tell you a little story? Yeah, oh God. A little, little story from my past. Let's hear it. So imagine Josh Clark, age 21, on July 15th. Okay, asleep in a, in a field behind a Home Depot. That would have been July 15th, 1997. Okay. I'm in Athens, Georgia. Go dogs. Right. Uh, and I'm at, what was the, uh, I guess the Half Moon Pub. Yeah. It was downstairs. Yeah, I had friends that worked there. Downstairs from the Athens Coffee House. I think so. It was. Um, so I'm down at Half Moon, hanging out with some friends, mm-hmm. and I see a guy who I'm, I have, I, I'm mutual friends with. Or we have mutual friends, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, but he and I don't really like each other. Okay. He comes over and uh, he goes, hey, I hear it's your birthday. Let me buy you a shot. I'm like, sure, no problem. So he buys me a shot of 252. What is, is that, Bacardi? Are you ready? It's a shot of Bacardi 151 and Wild Turkey 101. Oh, my There Lord. is no reason for the shot to exist in the universe, right? Yeah. So the guy buys me the shot. I take it, you know, not wanting to, to, to look like a coward and already kind of ripped. Um, I take the shot, and I feel it immediately starting to come back up. And not just oh, yeah. that, everything, dinner, uh, everything, starting sure. to come back up. I throw my hand in front of my mouth and stop it just before it comes back up, wipe my mouth, put the shot glass down, look the guy in the eye, and say, thanks for the shot, and turn around and walk away. Because he was trying to get me to puke, right? And right. I showed him. Uh-huh. That's what happened in my head. <laughs> you want to hear what happened in reality? <laughs> the guy buys me the shot. I take it. Throw my hand up to my ha- to my mouth, puke everywhere, including the bar on the guy on myself. Put the shot glass down, look him in the eye, and say thanks for the shot, and turned around and walked away. You're kidding? No. And you were disqualified. I was disqualified because it would have gotten on some food or something. Wow. Yeah. Twenty first birthday. You know, I had friends that worked there at the time. I bet they remember that night. I'm going to ask them. You should ask my buddy Clay. Have them send in some listener mail. We'll read it. <laughs> okay. All right, so Chuck, let's talk about. Uh, I think we're going to talk about how people do this, right? Yeah, I think the the uh, the water. We were on the water thing, and we got really sidetracked by vomit. Kobayashi has a little technique called Japaneseing or Solomoning. Yeah, breaking the wiener in half, separating the wiener from the bun, <laughs> breaking the wiener in half, <laughs> stuffing the wiener in his mouth with both hands at the same time. At the same time, to to uh, get, yeah, to get the whole thing and then in the water. Uh, dunking the bun very quickly in the water, and it's at that point the bun is just like a you know soppy mess. It goes down pretty easy, I imagine. Right. I was doing a little research, dude, and I got to tell you, Crystals is mixing it up at their uh, their hamburger eating contest in two, two, uh, September coming uh-huh. up. Uh, they have a no dunking rule. Really? Yep. And they're introducing their big burgers. Oh wow! So it's gonna it's gonna be all crazy. Gonna get messy. Yeah, but yeah, they won't be allowed to dunk, which is actually a radical departure from standard rules. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer to see a straight up contest. Yeah, I mean, if it's not sixty eight hot dogs, who cares? What if it's like forty, but it's genuine hot dog eating? No dunking, no water, lots of vomiting, lots. Of, yeah, that's what we all want. Chuck, we should probably put like a uh, a needle coming off of a record at this point. Right. <laughs> Thank you. We've um. Gotten kind of all Delta Forcey on this, you know, right. competitive eating. Even though I think it's disgusting. Not everybody thinks it's a, uh, it's good or great or whatever. A lot of people, including uh, the fine, fine actor, uh, star of Van Wilder, Ryan Reynolds, thinks that basically it's a, um, it's a real symbol of America's obese wastefulness. Sure. And you know what? That's not an argument that's uh, easily defended. No, it really isn't because, you know, you think, 
Well, this guy just ate um, how many? 68. 68 hot dogs in eight minutes. Right. How many uh, How many kids died in that eight minutes from starvation? Right. And some of these competitors, you're allowed to make yourself uh, throw the food up afterward. Right, yeah. Whatever you do after you after it's done, however you get rid of right. it, is okay with so that. So that's straight up bulimia. It is, and that's no one is is encouraging that by any means, and it's dangerous. Some of these people too, when they train, they uh, they'll drink like a gallon of water in a minute, and they try and do these things to expand your stomach. That's dangerous too. It is. There's actually uh, water intoxication, yep. which can be fatal because it, it screws with the uh, the uh, dilution of electrolytes in your body, right? Which is bad. That's bad news, dude. Right. And a woman died uh, a few years back from water intoxication from, I, I, yeah. from a contest. I had heard that. Well, not only that, um, you can actually get gastroparesis, which is a stomach paralysis, right? Right. And basically, after your stomach is stretched out enough uh, enough times. It will stop contracting, and you won't evacuate your stomach to your small intestine any longer. Yeah, uh, which is not good when that happens. Actually, yeah. So I, I don't know if you knew that. It's it's not good. The dark side of competitive eating, uh, you know, the the people who endorse this are going to say that they just have a lot of fun with it, and that it's a tradition, and it's kind of a big joke. I know when you see it on TV, they look like they're taking it really seriously. Apparently, that's all kind of part of the act, and they all think it's kind of funny. But dude, twenty grand on the line. Yeah, there's some serious prize money for for Nathan's uh, hot dogs. It's twenty thousand dollar prize and the mustard belt. So um, that's a nice little chunk of change. Yeah, for stuffing down hot dogs. Plus, also, um, I think the IFOCE does not endorse or support anybody practicing or training for it. Yeah, but the uh, the gurgitators actually do train very hard. Actually. Um, I think uh, I, I was reading about an interview, yeah, with Joey Chestnut. And, dude, he drinks like a gallon of milk in a single sitting to expand his stomach. Um, he eats, or no, actually he goes several days without eating and just subsists on protein supplements. So his weight will vary radically, like in the teens and, and low 20s of pounds right. within you know a couple of weeks. And then afterwards, he gains a lot of it back. Because if you eat eight pounds of food, you just gained eight pounds, pal. Until you pass it, yeah, it's there. and Your stomach is in big trouble. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, I hate feeling full. For yeah. a guy that's like overweight, you would think that I'd just gorge myself. But, dude, I hate feeling full. Yeah. It's the worst. I agree. It's my stupid metabolism. Do you know why you feel full? Uh, well, I know you've got a little science here. Okay. Try and legitimize this. Right, really, yeah. <laughs> um, so when you're hungry, uh, a hormone produced in uh, the stomach called ghrelin uh-huh. sends a signal to your brain via the uh, vagus uh, nerve, I believe. Okay. Um, and as you eat, a hormone produced from the same DNA, uh-huh. the same genetic code called uh, obestatin, kind of like obese right. Imagine that. That goes to your brain and says, hey, dude, stop eating. Right. Well, apparently, a physiologist who's studying this, his name's David Metz from uh-huh. the University of uh, Pennsylvania. Right. He uh, has, he can't say how they're doing it, but from studying a guy called uh, Eater X, it's actually <laughs> meh, um, he, he's figured out that these people have figured out how to block the signal from their brain. Really? Which is highly dangerous. A.K.A. Kobayashi. It's probably not Kobayashi. Right. But I bet he uses those techniques. 
I think they all do. No, they have to. You have to expand your stomach. And actually, you notice a lot of these people are very small. Uh, and there was a theory that kind of came about that said uh, the less fat you are, because you'd think, well, if you're a big fat guy, yeah, yeah, you're you going to be able lot. to just gorge yourself. Yeah, they say but no. But these smaller people like the Black Widow, 100 pounds, right? Um, she can put it away like the, the re- like the best of them. And they think that the reason why is because there's less resistance for the stomach to stretch. Yeah. It's not pressing up against fat, which doesn't right. give as much as air. It sort of makes sense. Yeah. Can I mention the paper that was written? Yeah. By uh, Ed uh, Cratchy. He, he's, a, uh, he's a competitive eater himself. And he wrote a paper called, Can Abdominal Fat Act as a Restrictive Agent on Stomach Expansion? An Exploration of the Impact of Adipose Tissue in Competitive Eating. So it sounds very intelligent. Unfortunately, the uh, medical community rejected it and they refused to it. publish it and said, go eat your hot dogs, buddy, and leave the medical journaling to us. Right, but Popular Science had uh, um, an article that supported it in 2003 that said, True. yeah, this, this basically checks out. True. So yeah. legitimate maybe, but not as far as uh, medical science is concerned. I do want to talk about one gross thing. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> it just hasn't been gross at all. Right. Uh, Oleg Zornit- Zornitsky, uh-huh. he's, he's very fashionable. Apparently he's known for his fashion sense. A Ukrainian competitive eater. He, this is the worst one to me. Chicken wings, I love all that stuff. Bratwurst, give it, give it, give it up. He ate four 32 ounce bowls of mayonnaise in eight minutes. Yep. And I love mayonnaise and it makes me not want to eat mayonnaise. Four 32 no. ounce bowls of mayonnaise. Can you imagine that? Mayonnaise is definitely something that you should eat in moderation. Okay. I'm not feeling so good now. Did you mention the cow's brains? No, Kobayashi. Kobayashi. He holds the record for eating cow's brains, which was, do you know how many? Yeah, I think it was like 18 pounds of cow's brains in 15 minutes. It was. I could not eat one ounce of cow's brain in a lifetime, so uh, I think Kobayashi has me licked at that one. Especially not with this hoof and mouth thing that they've got going on. Seriously. So uh, if you want to learn more about competitive eating, including Ed Grabinowski's, um first-person account of what an eating contest is like, you can type in competitive eating, appropriately enough, in the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since I just said handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, that means it's time, thank God, for listener mail. Josh, I'm just going to call this, um, we are banned in classes. <laughs> yeah, I saw this one. Email. Yeah. This is from Sarah, and Sarah says, uh, I love the podcast, but I recently got it banned for my AP biology class. And did you take AP classes? You probably did. You're a smart guy. No. Really? I, I took AP English and AP history, actually, but science, not my thing. She is a senior in high school, and for the past year, she has spent every day in biology lab poking dead things and staring at cell walls in a microscope. As you can imagine, it gets a little boring, even for a bio fanatic. Uh, ignoring the stench of fetal pigs and memorizing the function of cell organelles. So during study hall, I would take out my iPod and listen to your podcast. Some of the subjects we would cover overlap with podcast episodes I just listened to, so I would mention what I had learned in essays or discussions and even on an AP exam while using us. Uh, Anyway, my teacher discovered this. She was thrilled that I have been doing uh, research out of class, and she asked where I was learning all these odd but accurate facts. When I let her listen to the iPod, she called it a utensil for cheating. <laughs> or a tool of the devil. And subsequently banned it from our classroom. I really think she was more upset about not being able to answer my questions about alien hand syndrome than she was about my listening to the podcast. But either way, 
thanks so much for helping me ace her essay questions. You guys are the best. For the record, I never used your podcast as a utensil for cheating. All the best, Sarah. Fantastic. So we are educating and getting kids in trouble all over the world. I like that our listeners are generally moral people. I think so. Yeah, good folks. At the very least, Sarah is. If you... If you've ever been told that we're a utensil for something, uh, let us know. Send it in an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Hey, if you're a fan of Altoids, the curiously strong mints, you probably have a lot of empty tins laying around. You can do some pretty cool stuff with them. You can make survival kits, flash drives, even robots. Check out Altoids on Facebook to find out more. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?